2: So, Ben, are you going to share about Lower Decks or are you just going to keep playing? Are you going to keep playing with us in our hearts?
0: I'm, you know what? I got to keep playing because um, I'm trying to think. There's not that much to spill. There's fun stuff for season two. Season one's out already, so I can talk but about- But season
3: one's out already, so you can talk about that.
0: So our one of our main characters, Boimler, has been transferred to Captain Riker's ship and- it was pretty fun. You know, Riker and Troy were on the season finale. Um, if you haven't seen it, you know, that secret's out. But they did a great job and, you know, they sound great. They're, they're both pros. And so our crew of friends on the lower deck ship, the Cerritos, is split up. Our main guys, Boimler and his closest friend on the ship, um, Tawny Newsom's character, Mariner, um, they're now on different ships. And so we're going to explore what it's like now that they're split up. And that's where we're leaving it. Ugh. So we get to see a little bit more of uh, Riker's ship, the Titan, in season two of Lower Decks.
3: I am so excited about that. I have to say, I wrote something with my friend um that was like, it is now moot because Lower Decks is out because it's too similar of a concept, but it was about Risa it was a really similar to Lower Decks where it's like more of a comedy episodic type show about um, people that just like work the planet. Yeah, we've, we've had discussions
0: like I know uh, Alice and Neil and I, at, when we used to watch Star Trek at Neil's Place, we talked about like what exactly are are the people on Risa sex workers? Right. Or are they there? Like, it, it does get a little complicated. I definitely, it's something, you know.
3: Yeah. It's also like, are they, are, I think there's like a lot of hospitality people that work there. You know, it's like a Disney World type situation where everybody that, everybody that lives on Risa is somewhat involved in the tourism. So
0: I'm curious, like what the level of hospitality workers to actual visitors are. Because uh, don't you think there's some days where it's like, you just fuck somebody and then it's like, wait, you work here too? Oh, shit.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You accidentally.
2: Gotta keep uh, seeing each other please. in the tour when uh, through the tour yeah. bus windows.
3: And it is hard to probably like create a stable relationship if you are a monogamous species, because then you're like, you know, but we live and work on Risa. So we have to essentially have sex with everybody that comes to town. <laughs>
0: Well, Risa might not be all sex, right? Because Picard goes there initially just to read some fucking books.
3: But everybody's like Jamaharan. Like everybody's like, "Come mm. on, come on, come on, come on, come on!" They just want it so bad all the time. So it's like you, even if you go there just to read books, it's like. You think yeah.
2: uh, there is an option for you to go there and read books, but Picard just booked the wrong hotel or something. He just I don't know. It. You know, possible, I've definitely yeah. gone
0: to the beach to like read a book, and then you know everybody's running around in like swimwear, and he, suddenly
3: you just want Shamaharon.
2: He had the statue. The statue cued everybody right. That was the whole prank. Was it Maharon?
3: Oh right. It, yeah, it was the. It was the um, Riker.
0: Riker pulled a goof on him. Gave him the statue. The statue.
3: What's the fuck statue called?
0: It's a horgon.
3: A (laughs) horgon. So maybe it's like, it's not even hotel base. It's just like whoever's got one of those horgons. Yeah. So you go to the beach without a horgon?
0: I go to the beach without a horgon and like, and I'm like, why didn't I bring my horgon? Right. Exactly. Now that I'm here, I want them on her own.
2: And then you, you, uh, those days you just return home with your shoulders yeah, so sort if of you punched. go home,
0: you fucking beat off, and you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been having crazy Jamaharone and now you're just fucking home alone. You don't like, even want ah, to ah, read. Yeah, coming, you're all coming fucking. In a
2: rage.
3: You then you fucking rage splooge
2: Well, that's been my 2020.
3: Right. 2020 is a bit of a rage splooge This 2020 is being
0: on riser without a fucking horagon.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Woo 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 woo. But like Armus he society. said it.
0: Yeah, and you gotta fucking Armas watch Armis every here. day. Armus
3: is around. Oh. You think that he's gonna set up like an Armis TV network if he loses? He's getting so old. Who? I mean,
0: I hope so. Who?
3: Armis is Trump.
0: I think he I don't think he'll last much longer after the um
3: The next four years? After
0: yeah. I mean that is the the, the upside, you know, whatever your political views are.
3: You don't have to do that on this show
0: most likely the candidate will not survive another four years
3: wait you're saying whatever your political views are most likely yeah, we whoever, will not survive this yeah species? Either,
0: no i'm saying both candidates probably don't have much more time.
2: oh that's totally true listen probably I mean, surely like mm-hmm. they are at the top end of it all
3: they're at the that's a good way to describe the end of your life the top end I'm at the top. I'm a power top. <laughs> In terms of age. <laughs> and so younger people are power bottoms or powerless bottoms. Younger I mean, that's younger
0: Yeah, that's how it's turning out. Um, <laughs> it's true.
3: Turning,
2: turning out. Turns,
0: <laughs> I guess Gen Xers just decided to let's let the fucking boomers like cling on to power for a little bit longer and then just get skipped over completely.
2: Keyword Klingon. What generation are you? Gen X?
0: Me? I think I'm technically a millennial. I'm on the old side of millennial. We're
3: old millennials.
2: You're 82 82 and on?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's what I am, but it feels ridiculous to say it. Because my brother is a few years older than me, and he's definitely not. Um, I think he's on the lower end of Gen X.
3: What's your brother's name? Ben 1?
0: He's Ben 1. Yeah. (laughs)
3: And you are just Ben? That's
2: kinda of unfair. <laughs>
0: I'm just Ben. Yeah. It's weird that they, they they were like, shit, we should have done this with Ben One.
2: That's kinda of how they name planets in Star Trek, so it's kinda of cool. Yeah.
0: They're yeah. Well like... then they really fucked up because then they had Ben Three. Hmm.
2: They should have been like Ben Four and then Ben Six and that's it.
0: They should yeah, have done City like Ben Three.
2: City?
0: Yeah, it's a Star Trek joke
3: wow okay. well this is the place to make it and we fucked it up so here's what... i can't
2: know everything i already have all of spanish in my brain and then other things
3: okay just because hey, you're bilingual it wasn't a good joke i'll be the judge of that
2: <laughs> should we talk about part two of this episode so uh ben i want to ask you like you are a walking encyclopedia of star trek because you I sometimes reference uh, you're the kind of
3: guests we don't normally have name. on this show and-
2: it truly is like a unique skill set of memory. So then with this episode, how was your general impression? Like at the end of the of rewatching this one, you were like, yes, or like, okay. Yeah, I know this one.
0: Yeah, I know this one. Um, it's not great. I think there's a lot of funny stuff. It's definitely not on it's it's weird to me that it's a two parter. Star Trek keep keeps taking swings at two-parters and they're mostly not great, but the ones that are good are just so fucking good. They keep thinking like this, all right, maybe a two-parter, but this one seems like pretty flawed from the get-go that they tried to fix by making it a Um, two-parter.
3: Okay. Well, that's interesting because I feel like the bar for two-parters is so low that I was like, they did it. They made it so that the most of the action – is actually spread out over both parts. And because like previous two-parters, what they would do is they'd start an A story and then they would continue the A story over the two episodes. But then they'd start a B story and resolve it and then not have a new B story for the second episode. Mm -hmm. And so at least in this case, all the, you know, everything plays through the two episodes, which I was like, that's a win. This one I I I just
0: think is so funny. When the the Romulan reveals she's a Vulcan, but then she's like actually a, a Vulcan, a separatist, like a separatist, like there's so many layers of reveal. Like I wish they would have done more and just done it, made it a full like comedy episode.
3: Oh, like a ridiculous amount of reveals, yeah. Um, like everybody should,
0: a- everybody on this ship should have had a reveal, and then it turns <laughs> out there are actually no bad guys on this ship. I mean that yeah. should have been the ending.
3: That would be great. Like, imagine the tech support guy turns out to be like, he's also a spy for someone.
0: Yeah. And then they get to the planet and everybody draws their guns, but then they were all there to destroy the thing instead of having like, you know, fucking clap if you believe in fairies, like, (laughs) peace is the answer ending. Like, I think that would have been way funnier if everybody just was like, wait, uh, I also want to destroy this.
2: They really were trying to avoid um, pirate space pirate episodes. And they got to this point and they were like, all right, let's 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 take a stab at
3: it. But I, I shouldn't be standing this episode so hard. But I, I think the scene with Data and Worf is like, it's like the scene I've been waiting for for the entire series.
0: So that scene really stands out to me because it's super weird and I love it. And it made me realize there are very few scenes in this show that don't have a human in them.
3: Oh my God. That's so interesting.
0: So it's two really alien characters of the show. The the two standout alien characters of this this series are alone having a scene together, which they just don't do often. And it's also like a really emotional scene because it's like Worf has, like they're trying to stay friends and stuff. It gets fucking real. So it's really bizarre.
2: I sent it to someone today because I fucked up really bad. I I have a, I had a personal fuck up that's really bad today. One like never
3: before. It was
0: You cheated bad. on somebody?
3: <sighs> no. No It's so hard for me to not ask what, but I know it's yeah. inappropriate.
2: <sighs> well, anyway, I'm And then you I, and
0: then you, you smooth things over with the video of Worf saying he fucked up.
2: I apologized profusely before that, and he said, it's fine. And I was like, "Ah, oh, I know it's not yet, but I'll give you some time. Uh, and then I sent him that,
3: that and, video for s- one hour. I haven't gotten ra- how much time I, he got.
2: This happened at, uh, before 11, and I am um, still haven't received any text back, I think. Yeah. Well, I probably I, won't I, ever. You
3: know, when you say, here's the thing about giving people time, you just want to do that.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to just never text him again before
0: a girl, a girl I dated who I actually watched all of TNG with and that was like our thing. We would watch it every night before we went to bed. Um, you know, years Cute. later when we broke up, she sent me a, a, a DM on Twitter to like a really shitty meme about like Happy National Friend Day. It was like, hey, saw this, thought of you. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <sighs> Appreciate it. That's really nice of you. I was like, I don't want this shit. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what was she expecting? Like, yeah, we are friends. And thanks to the power of Star Trek, we always will be. Good idea.
3: Was the meme Star Trek related?
0: It was like Wharf and like fucking, I don't know, it was like probably Wharf and Data or Worf and Riker. And it was like, Happy National Friends Day.
2: I hate this.
3: You know what's irritating about that is that it's like, it's weird to be like, let's cement it with a meme. It's like, you don't need to do that. That's not necessary. It makes it feel passive aggressive.
2: What was the last interaction before that? Like, why did this happen?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. The last interaction was like, nah, sorry, I don't think I want to get coffee. From you from me yeah it was probably something along those lines
2: how many months before or was it within the same weeks
0: oh maybe a year later i mean this is
2: a resurface uh like a full yeah. resurface wow full
0: yeah this is this is not like a every couple of days being chatty this is an out of the blue like hey i just thought i'd smooth over our relationship with a picture of wharf here you go
2: i hope uh yeah, mine is worse. I don't know what to tell you, Ben.
0: Yeah, I think, <laughs> I mean, I'm not arguing.
3: <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Alice is <laughs> ready to go on this.
2: Ready to it's go. Ready to go. Ready to go. Also, it's do a
3: fantastic it. one. Cool thing is that I froze it on a really great uh, image of data. A
0: fucking data with blowers cramp. <laughs>
3: what? I have to say, it's good to admit mistakes and because, like, you know when you do something like this, it's like the worst thing in the world and you're like, "Oh my god, nobody's ever done anything worse." It's nice to hear that other people make mistakes like this. Unless you're a narcissist ex of Ben's and then you're just like,
2: <laughs> but you know it's like like my entire deal is like I'm helping my friends heal so intensely, I get so involved in helping everyone, like, feel better. And then I, I go and do this. And Me I do. feel like I'm Me in an do. interview of, I'm in a Curb Your Enthusiasm where, like, an, a very <laughs> earnest misunderstanding or mistake can be so insensitive. Ugh, it just, Is like, that, what, goes against what, what everything. What Curb
3: Your Enthusiasm are you watching? The mm-hmm. one that it aired in Latin not, America. It, oh, he's really it, earnest in Latin America? It's yeah. a drama. <laughs> it's a healer woman in... Very earnest. She's
0: It's kind of like a self help show in Latin America.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Larry David just wants everybody to be cool. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: Vero, do you remember walking dogs with me that one day? That's the first time I met you.
3: And um Oh, she's going back into her memory. Wait.
2: It's in is it, it near Houston?
3: Yeah.
0: You followed me around walking dogs because you wanted to be a dog walker for a little while.
2: I wanted to so bad and I still wanted it. And every time I encountered someone who would help me with it, they were a little creepy. And I was eventually like, I I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can. Not me, though. No, not you. But uh, another guy was training me for it and I was ready to start. And then he kept mentioning his Ecuadorian ex girlfriend and how he likes Latin American women. And I was like, disappear. Um, And then a few other experiences, two more experiences that were. Creepy and I was like done. But yeah, I do remember that moment. I remember the first time I watched you perform, and I was like, who is this dude? Like, I was like, oh, you're the best performer in the world. Great.
3: Which <laughs> Amazing. which team you're, was that with?
2: Well, I think you were doing a one-person, I mentioned this before. <gasps> you were doing a one-person improv show. Maybe it's school oh, night. The famous one-person
3: improv show that I never saw. I did a cage match. The one guy, the one dude, Harold. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That was that's the what one was cage saw. match I didn't go to, and I remember people literally were talking about it afterwards. I mean, of course, these fucking nerds—that's all they talk about.
2: Wait, you didn't try it in school night?
0: No, I never did at school night. I j- only did a cage match, um, and it wasn't a Harold. It was just like um, it was no, more no, of was like just- a like a one-act play.
2: It looked like a, yeah, like I'm on a scene with three, you were like three different people. And I had just landed from Venezuela. And all I'd done with was like our type of improv. So this is the, like my first shows ever in America. And I saw you and I was like, holy fuck. Like, what the actual fuck is this? And you're pretty attractive physically. So I was like, what the fuck is this shit? But eventually I learned... Uh, it's a skill set that only you have. So it was pretty cool. Um, but I did think you could go and learn that in the school. But no, no one teaches you to do on one person improv show. So kudos.
0: And then my buddy Porter emailed me. and was like, hey, my friend, uh, do you remember Porter Mason? Porter. He's like, my mm-hmm. friend Veronica wants to walk dogs. Could she follow you around? I was like, all right. And then she just like came with me on a dog walk.
2: I was trying whatever when I first moved here. It was so crazy. It was hard. So scrappy. I
0: walked dogs for years. You're good at it. I good. mean it saved me from being homeless.
2: Yeah. I every every new I I did more service service industry.
3: My friend walked dogs in the financial district and sometimes he got to like house sit for people who lived in the financial district. And it was so great that um when I decide, like, when my friend, okay, so that friend and me and my other friend Danny, who I actually wrote the Rices show with, decided to, like, take a bunch of mushrooms. We decided to, like, do it in the financial district. And, like, it was the greatest night to do mushrooms ever because the financial district is, like, completely, at this time, was, like, totally empty at night. And everybody, you know, but there was and all these like, weird creepy corporate sculptures. Yeah. No, that's Anna Anna's referring to the dog walking thing that Ben brought up. Um Anna, do you have a Yes. Do you have like a, a sound effect for a creepy memory that you could play?
1: Creepy memory.
3: What was what
2: was your impression of me back then, Ben? I feel like I was such a radically different person.
0: I just remember you being like um you see you were really charming. You had a a, a kind of like This person is just learning English charm about you. Um, That like you just seem very new and like uh, earnest.
2: Thank you. I was pretty earnest. I was just like such an innocent idiot, and then everyone took advantage.
0: And it was weird (laughs) to me because it's such like a solitary job that I was used to. That now I was like talking to somebody who, and like. And I didn't know like how you knew anybody or like, it was very, it was just a very strange meeting.
2: <laughs> hey, here's this foreign person assigned to you suddenly to ask you. Yeah,
0: that's kind of, I was like, okay. And I was like trying to like think of things to tell. I was like, it's pretty simple. Um, and I, don't know, it was, I just remember it being like a bizarre day.
3: Yeah. Um, did you know that when you start walking dogs, you'll get a charming foreign person assigned to you one day? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's, the ex- yeah. it's a uh, program. It's an exchange program.
0: And then, Alice, I think I met you subbing an improv class you were in.
3: Yeah, probably in, in uh, New York. Uh, New York. Maybe 301. Was
2: she good?
0: She was really good, yeah.
3: Thank you. You're the only person that ever thought that. No, I had some good days. See, I
2: don't, I don't think any of these memories are creepy. I think we're just reminiscing about a really fun time in our life. You know what I mean? And and now we're all reminiscing because we're stuck inside our little cages and the ecB is gone. I have an astrological explanation. Anna,
3: this is such a specific sound effect you just had.
2: <laughs> can, can you play that sound effect again? Play it again. <laughs> ben is slightly amused.
3: <laughs> Ooh, Ben lightly amused is chef's kiss for me. I'll take it
1: and those were creepy memories.
3: The the next scene is the scene that we that that Veronica used to apologize to a man she used to be Ugh. sleeping with and now Wait, it's Wait, Alice, you Sorry were going to bring say, it up again. But, what?
2: You were going to say a story about shrooms and then I interrupted it. No, I, I didn't I finished it. Oh,
3: okay. It's just cool to do shrooms in the financial district at night cuz everything It's a weird ghost town. Weird. There's tons of like corporate art, like sculptures and stuff. If you You'll you'll just round a corner and there'll be like some huge red cube. And it's just delightful. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I remember my friend who walked dogs. He didn't get, his dose didn't really ever kick in and ours did. And so he got to like be the comedian of the thing. And it was I, fun for all, fun for all. A thing that could never be replicated though. We tried it again and then nobody's mushrooms kicked in.
0: Yeah, it's fun to be the entertainer when everybody's fucking on hardcore drugs. Yeah. I remember a bunch of like friends of mine showed up and they were all fucked up and I wasn't with them earlier. So then I was just doing. Do you, do you guys remember those things, Diabolos? They're like. Los the um, Diabolos, yes. They're, they're. Two sticks. It's two sticks and a string. It's almost like a big yo yo. And a sand and then, clock. Yeah. It's, yes, exactly. And you gotta Shape, like yo-yo. spin it. You can fucking do all sorts of crazy jumps with it and stuff. And I, my friends were just watching me play with one of those. Their minds were fucking blown, and they were like little <laughs> kids watching. This. They were all like clapping like this.
3: <laughs> I mean, now I'm sober, so that's what it's, it's always so like easy. for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm fucking. We're both teetotalers. T two toddlers. Are Is
3: you t toddlers? Yeah. Or
2: teetotalers.
0: I think it's teetotalers.
2: Wait, sorry. I don't know know that phrase.
0: I think it's an old Old prohibition phrase of people who didn't drink. I think it's, I don't know what the origin of it is because I don't think it has anything to do with drinking tea.
3: Anna's going to weigh in with it in two, one. I haven't looked it up, but we all have the
2: internet. We could all check right now. Okay, I don't know how it's spelled. Teetot, teetotabbers. You know where I
0: learned the the word teetotaler, because I was watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon when I was little, and Bugs played on a team called the Teetotalers, (laughs) and I was and I asked my I was like, oh, that must be some like inside joke or something, and my mom was like, no, it's people who didn't drink during Prohibition or something. And, and it's then she's like, with do you have any sense. more
3: questions? I'm going to go paint this dinosaur on your wall and leave it for millennia. Yeah. She has the devil sticks.
2: No, these are not. But these are fire torches.
0: Shit. Is that <sighs> for like fucking?
2: Yeah. Uh-oh.
0: Do you yeah. go to like Burning Man and shit and like light those up and just spin them around?
2: Frankly, I should. like. It's weird that you're not. I just like everything that had to do with Venezuela was like, It was, I used to clown in hospitals, I used to do like Diablo stuff, and that's why I like pull these, because they're like there, Um, and fire torches and everything, and then I got to the States and everyone is like, you need a permit, you need to ask for permissions, if you go to the hospitals to cheer kids up, you need a permission, they can suit you, you can't do this, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to do anything anymore. So that was like, that was the end of circus because everything circus is kind of risky and America's a stick up in the
0: butt. The girl that cuts my hair is from Venezuela and um, and she's got me, she got me hooked on uh, yerba mate Mm -hmm. out of a gourd. I drink out of a gourd.
3: You do with the the metal straw? She
0: thought she told me it was bullshit if I don't do it out of the gourd.
2: Yeah, it is bullshit. And you have to like, you know how to do it now. So you lean, you lean the gourd So you don't. I had to read the
0: instructions and shit.
2: Yeah. So you don't pour the, you don't. It's not. You put the mate inside the thing, and then Mm -hmm. you don't just pour the hot water on top. You kind of lean it like that and let the water kind of, uh, steep in the second half in the diagonal second half of the thing, and then you slowly use up the or like the yerba. Uh, as uh-huh. you pour water, you make sure that you use it all, but so that you don't use it all at once, you kind of pour all right it right like a in like a. diagonal.
0: Okay. So the water you keep sits a little on top. bit fresh.
2: Yeah, you keep a little bit fresh, and then you pour it diagonally. There's like it's like a whole thing. Um, it's so weird to see anyone who's Anglo or American uh, doing yerba mate. So it's kind of. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I've, I, I, I try
0: to avoid y- using it on Zoom because I already look yeah. fucking ridiculous <laughs> look at, enough.
3: With this hanging with your, plant and the, the beard cat and, and the bandana. Foot. That and then plant looks great. Home.
0: The plant's new.
3: It looks great. I mean,
0: it's slowly, this is all, it used to be just the tiles until um, Anders was moving and he was like, hey, I'm getting rid of this. I got to throw it away. Do you want it? And I was like, I guess I'll take it. It's like old workaholic's prop man, one of one. It works. And so I had to drive, I had to drive like it was a mattress where I had to like hold it like on my roof cuz it's so like oddly shaped. Yeah. And then this is um a girl painted my dog. And she's like super beautiful and like real like a, a real like babe and she painted Jane and then I was like, oh, let me draw your cat. And I thought we'd have this like fun exchange. And then she ghosted me completely and just stopped like responding. So then I just had this drawing of this fucking cat forever. <laughs> and I was like, for a second, I was going to throw it out. And then I was like, you know what? I fucking like this. I like this cat. And then I, I cut it out and just stuck it on.
3: God, I'm so glad I got to hear the story of what that cat is about.
0: And then the... um. I read that ropey stuff is good for absorbing sound, so I got this, like, planter hanger.
3: Nice. Ooh. The idea
0: behind That's that.
2: actually really good to know. Macramé. Macramé.
3: Right? Is, yep.
2: Did you ever do macramé in fifth grade, the entire fifth grade?
3: El grado cinco?
2: hmm Quinto grado.
3: <laughs> Ugh, quinto grado. Um, you didn't no, do craft me. like that? Mm. No, we weren't doing that stuff in fifth grade because... Um, yeah, we had to learn about um I feel like I learned a lot about cars in 5th grade.
0: 5th grade.
3: Cards? Like cars.
0: 5th grade like, I remember like, everybody for me was really into the Bodyguard soundtrack. And my yeah, teacher that's around that age. my teacher Mr. Star would play it like nonstop, the Bodyguard <gasps> soundtrack, and then I remember like two girls in 5th grade got boobs and it was like all I could think about.
2: Yep. And that's so, the only thing I remember from Are you like two years older than me? A year
3: older than me?
0: Yeah, I was born in 82. The millennial I, cutoff year.
3: I got boobs in fourth grade. One boob. No, you got
0: one wait, boob in what? fourth grade? That's early. <laughs> one.
4: one.
3: early. And I transferred to a new school. Now, did you and... stuff
0: to even it out with the other one? No. So you just had no. one boob popping out?
2: Your left boob usually is the left side because the heart is It right was there. like a
3: B cup, dude. And I was like, it was awful. And everybody was like convinced that I stuffed my bra, of course, because why would I just, it looked more like a kid stupidly stuffed their bra than a person. Because usually people don't get one boob, but apparently it's more common than whatever. It was awful. And I was like, I didn't want to go to school. And um, my mom told me I could like get surgery on my breasts if it persisted because she knew it wouldn't. Like it won't be like that forever, and I'm like, it will.
0: Oh, that's depressing. (laughs) You were convinced you were going to be a a uniboob for the rest of your life,
3: and I'm like, even if it's for two more days, I want to die. (laughs) In the fourth grade, every day you live
2: is proportionally Mm -hmm. just so much bigger than what we could. Every time, every day we live, the measure of a day gets smaller because we've lived more. So at that age, age that's like a a
3: long time. Fourth grade, fourth grade. I try to live, laugh, love through it all. What
2: was your and my third grade grade
0: teacher loved Riker. My third grade teacher actually had two really attractive teachers, third and fourth grade. My fourth grade teacher I was in love with, but my third grade teacher I did not like. But she loved Star Trek. She would always talk about Star Trek: The Next Generation in class, and this she was a really bad teacher, and supposedly. (laughs) <laughs> my dad drove to a parent teacher conference, and like the whole ride there was getting wound up. Like this is stuff they never told me, but they felt bad for me because I was always doing homework all night. Like she would assign all this long division homework, and it would take me fucking forever. And so my dad went there hot thinking like, I'm gonna tell her she signs too much homework and it's pointless. It's the same thing over and over again, and it just takes forever. And then he got there. And then, of course, she's like super attractive. And I guess my dad like fully backed down. And my mom <laughs> made fun of him of like, oh, what happened? I thought you were going to give her a fucking hard time. <laughs> and then she's just like battered her eyelashes a few times. And he was like,
2: yeah, maybe there's a little too much homework. Is your dad like good at flirting? Are they together?
0: They're together now. That's my stepmom.
3: <laughs> and she still gives you homework she
0: still gives me yeah, a lot of homework
3: um, can I play this scene please yes please go ahead let's just do this
0: <laughs> yes yes let's do it
3: I just want to play this scene so badly it is my favorite thing
1: well, their maximum speed is warp 8.7 it would take them at least 14 hours to reach that position we could be there in 5 <laughs> make it so finally Set a course for the and sector and engage at warp nine.
0: When Jordy nine. clocks it is the worst part. I
2: Lieutenant, know, because you can tell something's not.
3: Ready? Of course. Yeah. Good. That was a snarky ass reply.
2: Also, warp. I mean, Jordy and and Data giving each other eyes. It's funny because they both have weird I am eyes.
4: Mm-hmm. Their bodies. May I ask in what way? You continually question my orders in front of the crew.
1: I do not believe this is appropriate behavior. With all due respect, sir, I have always felt free to voice my opinions, even when they differ from those of Captain Picard or Commander Riker. That is true. But in those situations, you are acting as head of security, not as first officer.
4: The primary role of the second in command is to carry out the decisions of the captain. In this case,
1: me. But is it not my duty to offer you alternatives? Yes.
4: But once I have made a decision, it is your job to carry it out regardless of how you may personally feel. Any further objection should be given to me in private, not in front of the crew. I do not recall Commander Riker ever publicly showing irritation with his captain as you did a moment ago. No, sir. If you do not feel capable of carrying out this role, I will assign it to Commander LaForge and return you to tactical. I would not enter it into your record as a reprimand, simply as a transfer. I would prefer to remain at my current post. I expect you to conform to the guidelines I have laid out Aye, sir Dismissed Mr. Worf
1: I am sorry if I have ended our friendship Sir It is I Who has jeopardized our friendship Not you If you will overlook this incident I would like to continue To consider you my friend I would like that as well Thank you, sir.
3: Killing me.
2: I'm triggered. That shit's so, great.
0: It's so fun to see Data in charge. Between this and the one where he's like the captain of that other ship with that dickhead guy. Oh, um,
3: Who won't take anything he says seriously. People are always questioning Always doubting
0: him. Data. Because he's probably fucking annoying, right?
2: He was interacting with a uh, with the ensign before when they lost the ship when they couldn't like uh they, yeah they were pursuing and they lost it. I was like, ooh, his acting is a little s- saucier, you know, like as a captain. Yeah. I was like, he can't I can't really reel it. it in. He was just like, he does
0: the fucking. He does this at one point. Yeah, he does yeah. The, he churches his fingers.
2: He's like, now you can all go and let me know when you're ready. And people are still there. They cut. They cut to a different camera. And then people are still there and he's just like this and everyone leaves and he's still like like this. And I was like, would this They're be a power fun. move if I did this that? This man,
0: it bums me out. I know they were all over it and they just wanted to make some movies, but I really wish they would have done a season eight of this show. Cause like they were yeah. cooking, man. They like they even were. the look like I love that Troy's in the in the fucking medical uniform. I love that Worf has a ponytail now, his hair's a little less fucking shitty. Like they, they they were in the zone.
2: Less they were uh, really in the zone. what do you call the church boys?
3: Choir
0: oh boys. like a choir boy?
2: Yeah, like the those that the the father trains or something? You know Alter the boy.
0: Altar boy. boy.
2: He had altar boy yeah. hair up until now. And <laughs> I mean <laughs>
3: Page Boy, yeah.
2: <laughs> page boy. compared to the other Klingons, he was just like yeah.
0: He had like squire hair, like medieval squire. And then he had like a kind of like mom, like suburban mom haircut for a while. Suburban mom
3: coif, yeah. Yeah.
2: The same Russian woman, sorry Anna, uh, cut everyone's hair in the block.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Anna forgives. Um, This next tangled web we've seen is pretty clutch as well.
4: to see you too. I've had some unpleasant surprises. Well, like
3: they're having an affair. This
4: isn't a good idea, but might grow suspicious. As a matter of fact, it was Baran who sent me here. He told me to pretend to be friendly with you, help you organize a mutiny so that he can determine who your supporters are in the crew and then eliminate them. Oh, what a <laughs> tangled web we weave. I have difficulty remembering <laughs> That's me,
2: like, Sider. all the time.
4: So what did, did he add really find <laughs> When we reach the Hyraland sector, we're supposed to... Rendezvous with a Klingon transport ship I'm not sure But I think they may be delivering
0: I mean I fucking love it to us. I love how complicated Second this episode is oh, by the way, And this is like an episode Even the writers are like then. Yeah this it's is Vulcan. a fucking mess Vulcan. And it's still mm-hmm. great Now the artifacts are Vulcan They need a Klingon transport ship They get this seven foot basketball player To be a fucking Klingon It's great He's it- pretty funny That There's like a straight up comedy scene Where Data's trying to like
2: talk to him like
0: yeah stretch it out so they search the ship and he pours the blood wine on the floor
2: i know it's like uh it's james worthy and also i love when he just shows up and like that face and then leaves just like it's nothing he just like hangs up on data one of
0: the the writers on lower lower decks uh garrick bernard i'll give him a shout out he'll frequently send out a um Just a still of James Worthy as this Klingon raising his glass of blood wine right before he pours it out.
3: (laughs) And He's got a great look. Also, this scene with this Klingon, I've been doing a lot of um, phone banking for Biden. And it is this scene with the Klingon was like exactly what happens when people answer the phone pretty much 80% of the time.
1: A tehran class shuttlecraft. One person. Open a like channel. you,
3: they pick up the phone. And you're like, hey.
1: This is Lieutenant Commander I'm, Data of the Federation Starship Enterprise.
3: Commander, Georgia Democrats. <laughs> and then you're like, hi.
0: <laughs> Are you planning on voting?
4: I take it that is your name. Silence. May I inquire as, as to you're your destination? Be for? No. Okay. May I ask the purpose of your Do you journey? you plan
3: on voting? No. Oh, okay.
4: Perhaps I have not made our intentions clear. We are investigating. Hang on. Armist exactly. doesn't have your
0: best interest in... Uh, fuck.
2: <laughs> that hang-up was so good. Like, if someone Every- hung up, if someone <laughs> hang up on me like that, I'd be like, huh? I admire that person. I'd be like... <laughs> I wouldn't even be mad. I'd be just like, damn.
3: So, Worf makes a suggestion to, like...
0: Worf, they go with Worf's suggestion. Worf, it like, is all fucking happy about it.
3: It's, you know, they're like, eh, it's an okay suggestion. So, Data has to give it to him. Then
4: you and Dr. Crusher may begin the inspection.
3: And it's a health and safety oh, inspection on this Klingon's vessel. That's Worf the way they some get on Worf good
4: eye acting it. where he's like...
3: Yeah. And Beverly is so funny in this scene.
0: Troy gives a good look of like, oh, you boys. (laughs) Crusher is like not a good liar.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Crusher, and this is Lieutenant Worf. We're here to conduct a health and safety inspection of your ship. Health and safety inspection. That's right. Uh, You know... uh, Um. Uh, radiation leaks, Voter rolls
3: being uh, purged, other things like that. Contamination. Kind of uh, important to exercise your civic duty. Excuse me. QAnon. So if I could just get your information. Thank you.
0: <laughs> there might be, um, I don't know, cannibal pedophiles in your well, ship.
1: No radiation so far. I'm sure you're <laughs> glad to hear that. Right.
0: This dude's so fucking big
1: There's an incoming message It's from the Klingon We can skip all this shit It was sent approximately 15 minutes ago
4: Put it in the wall I believe you will find it to your liking
3: Tries to give him some blood wine Slowly picks up the glass
0: (laughs) So good So I'm watching this episode, right? And, um, I've got a neighbor who has a little dog named peanut and peanuts a lot smaller than Jane. And I love peanut because it peanut is very playful and doesn't intimidate my dog at all. So I just leave my door open and peanut wanders in and he tries to steal a bunch of toys. He's a little (laughs) fucking scamp. He like tries to eat Jane's food, takes a bath in her water bowl. Basically. So he gets soaking wet. He's gross. He's like my fucking dirty little neighbor kid who comes over and that. like touches he's everything.
3: He's your Dennis the
0: Menace. Yeah, he's Dennis the Menace. And he's real annoying. He plays like a real fucking brat. He just bites my dog's le- like lower legs because he's so low to the ground. And she just like bats him around. And so I hear the dog. I'm watching Gambit part two. The dogs are running around outside. And then I hear... A fucking water like leaking just like that w- blood wine being spilled and i'm like what the fuck is there like a hose spraying outside and i look next to me and peanuts just pissing on my floor <laughs> just full out making eye contact with me taking a full-blown piss <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: just <saying. laughs> Dan, Peanut. It's like the fucking P- P-
0: Motherfucker. And then, like, I texted his Peanut's owner and they're like, yeah, he's going through something. He's pissing everything. <laughs> pissed on our bed. All right, well, you know, you know he comes over to my house every day. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a heads up.
3: <laughs> Peanut's going through something. Peanut is... This election's got everybody a little bit under uh, a lot of pressure. I think you understand that. And so Peanut's really feeling that right now. So he might be on your stuff.
2: Peanut is sassy.
0: Yeah, Peanut's all sass.
3: I Pe- I got a Peanut. DNA
0: test from Peanut. So I fucking came back all
3: sass. <laughs> 100%. So this
2: this said, uh, just so you know, mm-hmm. Ronald, Ronald sure. Lee Moore were like, was like, I felt we ran out of story in part two. There were places where I was... <laughs> Treading water, we had to find the lost ark and didn't know what the lost ark was. Instead, we had a device from ancient Vulcan myth that had mythic properties that you can explain our telepathic focus and properties. Uh, I was trying really I mean, hard to make this thing work. And in the end, I just said, all right, maybe we should just go for it and make this classic Gene Roddenberry kind of message for it. think yeah. happy thoughts.
0: I think you can feel it, but I love it regardless to all of that. Like, it does seem like a kind of like you spin a wheel and just get like a Star Trek specific and you got to throw it into an episode of like, and this is uh, Vulcan and uh, you got to meet it at a Klingon uh, transport ship. It's like you have dice and you're just rolling it and using whatever answer it gets you. <laughs> right. yeah, like yeah, dice yeah. one is an alien and dice two is like a
3: planet or a fucking exactly. artifact.
2: It's like a sort of tarot deck of situations. And they just like, all right, let's pull three.
3: They um, obviously everything's fine. Isolationists.
4: Once we realized that you are no longer on the mercenary ship, we scanned the surface for your neural implant. We tracked the signal into the caverns. What will become of the resonator, sir? Sad so shit like sure, that is what, like, you, you will be just
0: overlook when it you're watching Star Trek, and then when you're the writing an episode, you're like, okay, I gotta quickly make sense of why they find, and, like, we have to trim this episode down to be as short as possible, let's just throw a little line that's like, um, uh, okay, um, yeah, we traced your implant, uh, let's keep going to get to Data's joke, okay, bye.
1: That's what it felt like at the end. The Cardassians, the Ferengi, and at least seven other worlds, I don't think we'll be hearing from them for a while.
4: Number one, will you set a course for Starbase 227? I'll join you on the bridge shortly. Wait a minute. You've been declared dead? You can't give orders around here. If we are to adhere to the exact letter of Starfleet regulations, then technically, sir, you have been declared a renegade. In fact, I believe you are facing 12 counts of court-martial offenses. You cannot give orders either, sir. That's quite right. And as I'm supposed to be dead, I'll go and get some sleep. And Mr. Data, I suggest that you escort Commander Riker to the brig. Aye, sir. <laughs> this way, sir. Data, he was joking. You know that, right? Data.
3: <laughs> oh, man. He, he's Nobody... getting Data is Data does not know that you were joking because he never knows that anybody's joking. That's the whole point of Data.
0: So we were kind of bringing this up before, you know. We did record with Frakes, Jonathan Frakes, and he's such a pro. I mean, now when I watch it's, it, it's the guy just has it. He loves Star Trek. He knows like this is the this is the hand I got dealt. I fucking love doing it. I love the world. He's game to do anything. He's super funny. Gives you a ton of options. Has fun. Has a ton of energy, and then tells a couple funny stories, and you leave. It's like wow, what a great interaction I just had with Riker. And he knows it. And like, everybody's just probably happy to see him and he's fucking loving life and it's contagious.
2: He is I... contagious. When we when we talked to him on the phone, I was like uh, very excited for a full day. And sometimes I've met people that I, I crush on or people that I really, really, really like get starstruck by, which is usually like musicians or, or I don't know. Uh, And I never, yeah, clowns, (laughs) frankly, yes. Uh, I never get to be like so uplifted after. And I was like, damn, this guy really like took this job and like to the next level, to the real, like, I don't know. Just like very inspiring. He's a real
3: one. He's what they call a real one. Yeah. He's like
2: amazing because he's also Riker.
3: (laughs) Well, and toasts, hats off. Not that we have any hats on. Bandana's off to another real one, Ben Rogers.
2: Yes. You've been. Thank you.
3: A delight start to finish.
0: Love <laughs> seeing my my treks in the city, friends.
3: Thank you. We, love we love seeing, seeing you too, you Ben. Too. You're such a wonderful guest. Loving that booth. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for the kind words on the booth. Uh, see you guys next time. The
3: vibes are good. The vibes are right. Keep trying to get us on the show. Two for the price of one.
0: Live long and prosper. Going to keep working on it. Two for the price of
2: one. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye, Bye,
3: Anna. Oh, there she is. Yes. There she is.
2: Sorry, I was on mute. I think Ben has to go.
3: I do. (laughs) Get out of here, Ben.
1: Forever
2: Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all of the latest Forever Dog news.